American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome back to TFL Talking Trucks. I am Andre Smirnov. And I'm Nathan Adlin. And this episode is dedicated to our project truck, our long-term tester. Yep, the 2020 Chevy Silverado 1500 Trail Boss. Yes, we have owned this truck for a full year, pretty much, um, in January. And these are the top five things we love and, and hate. hate about this truck. Now, uh, we should let you guys know that we put on over 15,000 miles? Yeah, 15,240 to be exact. Which is actually over the average. Uh, the average for it depends on what state you live in is between twelve and fifteen thousand miles. And bear in mind that a lot of these miles were off road, and I'm not talking just like on dirt trails. I'm talking serious off road. So keep that in mind. Thank you for joining TFL Talking Trucks podcast. If you love pickup trucks or big full size SUVs, if you love trailering, towing, and going off road, this is the right place to be. Together, we can make this podcast the most popular ever. So in this video, let's structure it like this, right? Let's first talk about the things we love the most about this truck after a full year of ownership. Right. Then talk about some of the things we hate. Then talk about some of the uh, people's questions, right? We have a lot of questions coming in. We do indeed, yeah. And then finally talk about value, what we purchased it for and what the current kind of resale value is. Which is going to be surprising for some of you guys out there. I was actually really surprised when I heard it. And also, speaking of resale, this truck can be yours. It can indeed. It's going on to our bid site. Heck yeah. We have a new auction site, tflbids.com. I just recently, last week, sold my Hummer H2. Yeah, my bid didn't go through. I bid like 600 bucks and I didn't get it. <laughs> what the hell? No, but seriously, uh, actually, I... You know, I jumped in on the site uh -huh. um, and got decent money, you know, 10500 bucks. Oh, that's okay. It's going to um, a guy in Louisiana, so I'm very happy. I spoke with him several times, and it was pretty easy. Yeah, um, this, this site is not just for trucks, but we do have primarily trucks on there. Yeah, and this trail bus is going basically next week. It depends on when you're listening to this, but in January 2021, the Trail Boss R truck that we've used and videoed the heck out of mm -hmm. uh, is going up to tflbids.com. And before we get started, I just want to straight out say that I didn't have high hopes with this truck when we got it because it had the 5.3 and not the 6.2. And I was wrong. And we'll get to that in a bit. Yeah, I remember that when we, we actually traded the Rem Rebel yeah. that we had prior year as yeah. a, a long-term test truck. And I remember first talking to you and I said, Dude, we got a Silverado Trail Boss. It's, I was really happy. It's going to be awesome. And you, and you said, is it 6.2? It's the first thing I said. And Andre said no. And I started using curse words in many languages. 
And but then I said, Nathan, calm down. It's got a 10 speed. So, so that was interesting. So let's start with the things we love. Please, let's hit it. And then go to the hate, a little bit of hate. Um, so first, number five, uh, I think we got to talk about looks, right? Design, yeah. Design. Yeah. Um, and this is on the good, right? <laughs> That's on the good part. That's on the good side. One of the things I think that uh, Chevrolet's managed to do with the trail bus specifically is take something that I never thought was very attractive and make it more attractive. I think the trail bus is a really good looking vehicle. The lift, the way they did the monochrome, you know, dark front grille, the overall character of the vehicle, I think, is probably the best looking amongst all the Chevy trucks. I really don't like the chrome and everything else that are on other trucks. Mm -hmm. So personally speaking, I think the trail bus is a good looking truck. Yeah, and this is kind of the new generation of the Silverado, right? It right. came out a couple of years ago. Squinty eyes and... Yeah, and actually uh, GM kind of rolled the dice on the exterior design a bit, right? Well, one of the big changes, Andre, is that they went for rounded fender, uh, uh, fender cutouts as opposed to the yeah. squared ones that yes. they've been doing for years and years and years. And a lot of people were really against that. But after a year, I got used to it and I think it looks pretty good. Yeah, and actually, so what they wanted to do, and if you're watching it on TFL Talk YouTube channel, you mm -hmm. can kind of see some of the video of the truck. And of course, if you're listening, welcome. Uh, thank you. Yeah, um, appreciate it. But uh, they, they went, when we talked to the uh, designer, remember? This mm -hmm. was at one, a major auto show. Yeah. Uh, he basically was saying that they wanted to kind of skip a generation, right? They wanted to kind of look into the future and see actually... Um, you know, imagine a truck that's from like several years in the future, basically. Yeah, I, I don't no? necessarily agree with what he was saying. I think um, the overall design of all the Chevy Silverados is a little polarizing for some people. I personally oh, yes. prefer GMCs. That's just my own thing. But in this particular case, I get what he's saying because I think everything works in in favor of the truck and it's one of the few trucks i think that look trail boss mind you not not silverado trail boss that looks good in almost every color uh not all trucks can pull off every color i think that the trail boss can yeah and of course we have the red one yeah um so number four on the love list is the fuel efficiency in mpg uh we've yeah. tested it several times many many times so uh after fi oh, over fifteen thousand miles right uh, we took it to Moab several times and did a couple of fuel efficiency runs between Denver and Moab, Utah. Yeah, we've run it on the Ike before, too. We've run it on the Ike. We did uh, MPG loops, proper MPG loops with yep. it. And it kind of surprised because uh, usually what, what used to happen is you get one kind of estimate from the government, from mm -hmm. the EPA, right? And then you're struggling to meet it in the real life. Right. right? But this truck delivered. It really, really did. And it was... Part of that has to do with uh, another thing that's on the list in terms of its transmission setup. But overall, that 5.3 has been extremely efficient. Yeah, and I think it has to do with many things like you're saying. Obviously, the rear differential ratio mm -hmm. is a 323, which is a little bit more minded for fuel efficiency. Yep. Um, of course, the 10 speed ratios, yep. you know, all those things and the engine itself. The engine is not overly powerful. I think that's kind of why you initially were surprised by it. Right. I, I really wanted the beefy 6.2, which I know yeah. is extremely powerful. Yeah. This one is not obviously as powerful. But there, there's some very interesting things about this powertrain that, that just really did surprise me. And in terms of efficiency, 
it's not just efficient unladen either. It was pretty efficient towing. Yeah, and unladen, we saw 20, 21 MPG. Mm -hmm. I think our uh, official number for unladen was about 20.7 on the highway. Right. And this is kind of a truck with a lift, beefy mm -hmm. tires, right? Uh, knobby tires. Yeah, knobby tires. Um, and fairly heavy truck as is. So yeah. getting almost 21 on the highway, you know, it's not going to shatter records out there, but, but it's really good real-world economy that matches the EPA. Yeah. So that was really pleasant. Um, number three on the list uh, is the towing capability. Yeah. Right? That truck is so much better at towing than I anticipated. Once again, I wanted the 6.2, and part of the reason was because I know it will tow more. You know, it's a lot more power, a lot more torque. Um, this truck has towed supremely well. And with heavy loads. Yeah, so most recently we took it on the Ike, compared it to an F-150 hybrid, the new one. Right. And we set up the trailer with 9,200 pounds, or just over that. The trail bus, as is, as configured for us, uh, is rated at maximum 9,500 pounds. So we were pushing it near the limit. Yeah. Right? So, and <laughs> the downhill performance was good. You know, the brake, it controlled the braking pretty well up the mountain, it was just, you know, I don't know, maybe 10 or 15 seconds slower than the F-150 hybrid. And the F-150 hybrid has so much more power in it. Monstrous power in that truck. Yeah. And this is 355 horsepower and 383 pound-feet of torque. But once again, I think the transmission and the rear differential and everything combined together for just a really good towing experience and also handling while towing. Yeah, you know what's interesting is that a lot of off-road trucks, and I'm talking about the super off-road trucks, you know, Raptor, TRX, stuff like that, they're not great at towing, they're okay, uh, but they lose a lot of their capacity for both hauling and towing because of their suspension setup, because they're built for you know serious off-roading. The Trail Boss is sort of a compromise, and it doesn't exactly have the super beefy off-road you know, setup of, this, of these other trucks, and because of that, it still has a really good payload and really good towing for its class. Yeah, and you know, you would say it's not rated to tow over 10,000. Yeah. It's 9,500 pounds, but in our year of ownership, we've used it to deliver cars, pick up cars. More than once. Uh, more than times. once. Like we took a Subaru, uh, a to little Moab. wagon yeah. to Moab, and we never felt like we needed to tow over 10,000. Know, no, never, no. Never actually came across. So No, I mean, and our thing has always been, if you're going to go over 10,000 pounds, you really need to look at, you know, a heavy-duty truck or something that's, you know, three-quarter ton, you know, something along those lines. Uh, number two on the uh, things we love list is off-road capability. Yeah. So I'm showing, if you're watching this on YouTube once again, uh, the truck on Imogene Pass. We've also taken this truck on Tin Cup Pass, the entire pass, mm -hmm. not just half of it, or some people do, you know, different sections of those passes. Right. And literally, I think... You know, part, Roman was driving, actually, yeah. for, for most of these. And this is part of our No Pavement Needed series, and you can see it on TFL Truck YouTube channel and website at tfltruck.com. Dude, I think Roman touched, like, one skid plate, maybe on each trail once. And this is a stock truck, not modified. No, it's not modified at all. No, and it did very difficult premier trails in Colorado. And keep in mind that this is not a truck that really has anything like front and rear lockers that are, you know, that are actuated, you know, like you would have in a power wagon or, or even the Raptor. This has a very similar setup to a regular 1500 pickup truck. The big difference here is the lift, the skid plates, and of course the tires. 
And that combination makes it pretty decent off-road. Yeah, it does indeed. And we'll talk about suspension a little bit later in the kind of the Q&A section yes, definitely. Uh, of this show. But off-road performance, I felt like, yes, it's not a fully adjustable suspension like you were saying, right? Right. On the Raptor. But it was solid. It, it did everything we asked it to do. It was our chase truck for numerous videos. Actually, if you watch a, a, like a TFL off-road video or a TFL truck or a car video where there's a SUV or crossover off-road, yeah. Trail Boss is probably behind it. Most likely it was. Yeah. A lot of the, several of our uh, Ike Gauntlets were filmed by using the Chevy Trail Boss as the chase truck, as the film truck. It's just been fantastic for that. It's been the ultimate shop truck, really. It's been an excellent shop truck. And number one on our list is reliability. So oh, yeah. It has to be, because it hasn't been in the shop once without a scheduled oil change or maintenance. It hasn't left us stranded. It hasn't done anything. No lights have been thrown for any issues. It has been absolutely rock solid, and a lot of that has to go to the fact that it's just a proper combination of a powertrain and you know, electronics inside. Everything has worked well. And bear in mind, we haven't taken it easy on this vehicle either. I know what some of these guys are saying out there. They're like, well... One year isn't enough time to really tell you know about reliability. Well, we actually have had several vehicles in the past <laughs> that, that failed that yeah. have failed miserably in some cases over just one year or even one week in some cases. So this is a really good truck for us because it's just been absolutely bulletproof. Yeah, absolutely. So I've taken it to the dealer twice. Mm -hmm. two, so two oil changes. Two oil changes. Uh, um, I was there in person and I, I wanted to experience it, right? Right. Um, and they did a couple of recalls for software tuning. Mm -hmm. So I, I remember, um, and they couldn't tell me exactly what they did, of course. They just said, you know, we plug in the computer, boom. And there's it an update. Re, there's an update right. to the truck and uh, the um, some of the c control systems on it. So it wasn't like they were replacing body panels and axles and big things under warranty. And a big, you know, injectors or anything. No, like none of that. Yeah. It was just kind of a tuning situation. Um, so a couple of recalls with some of the control software um, and we were on our way. We also did an oil change. Uh, I mean, two oil changes, but one was tested. Right. Now this was an oil change where Andre went with and he was so gleeful, he got a little tiny jar for <laughs> specimen and he got to fill it up with the old oil and send it off to who was a Blackstone, Blackstone, Blackstone uh, oil analysis. Right. And by the way, they, we paid them. They didn't pay us to, to mention their name. Yeah. Um, and uh, we got some really pleasing and unexpected results. Yeah. So the report came back about a week later um, and it said, first of all, your engine, you know, all the kind of parameters look good. They mm. do the chemical analysis, basically. Right. All the elements, all the metals are in the oil. And they said, you know what? You could go longer between oil changes. And I was like, what? Yeah, this was really surprising. Because we did the oil changes like every 7,000 to 7,500 miles. Which is what they re require. Well, that's what also is, you know, that has a little display in the truck that right. says oil life. And it kind of suggests to you when to change the oil. Right, right. And they're like, yeah, you could go further. <laughs> yeah. They like recommended 9,000 9, miles. 9,000 miles. Yes. Which is really surprising. I, I rarely, usually a lot of you guys out there get taken in by these uh, fly-by-night companies that say, oh, come in every 3,000 miles, which is usually BS. Um, but in this case, even 7,000 miles, according to this, you know, these experts, they say, eh, 9,000 is good. Yeah, so, so that's... For, for this truck, because of how it's burning and the fact that there are very few little 
metal bits in the oil and all that too. Yeah, and of course the engine is still breaking in to some yeah. extent, right? It's still a new truck. They actually detected some of the uh, lubricant that was like in the new engine still. Yeah, because they use like these greases and oils to come to actually put the engine together. Right, right. right. And they're still able to detect yeah, it. Yeah, and also uh, the oil analysis usually looks at the amount of kind of cleaning solution in the oil that's built in. They right. call it additives. Right. So when I mentioned additives, people started commenting like, wait, what are you adding to the engine? What is this, some special oh. sauce? Yeah. Like, no, dude, it's the additives that are in the oil. The oil comes with it, you know, as is. Right, exactly. So we didn't do anything special. We didn't do any magical, you know, lubricants or... <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and I want to add to that that we never added anything special with the gasoline either. There was no. never anything. We usually put just like regular leaded in there, right? Yeah, we usually do like 87 octane or 85 because we're in Colorado. In 85 Colorado, octane. we have 85 up here, yeah. yeah and it so, runs just fine on 85. Uh, once again, so really solid, reliable truck for us with this 10-speed. And 10-speed is, I think, our bonus. I mean... There's been Absolutely. a really great transmission, actually. The 10-speed transmission, now bear in mind that, uh, for those of you who don't know, the 10-speed transmission that General Motors uses was sort of co-developed with Ford, uh, but they're very different transmissions. They have different uh, brains, different algorithms. They are built for different types of engines, too. Yeah, V8 versus V6. Yeah, and turbocharged ways. versus yeah. naturally aspirated and all that. Um, so this setup with this, the engine, transmission, and the rear end combined, made for an efficient, very capable, and reliable truck. We loved the 10-speed, it was extremely smooth, never had any problems searching for gears, it was really good. Yeah, and we'll mention other transmissions later yes, in, we the, will. in the Q&A. So let's move on to the uh, things we don't like or hate. Da -da, the things we don't like, and yes. there are a few. Yeah, uh, there are a few, and uh, now we're gonna, I think we're gonna start to go a little deeper and maybe a little bit more nitpicky. Yeah. Uh, so number five is tires. So what's up with the tires? Actually, the tires themselves are Duratrax, right? Goodyear Wrangler Duratrax tires, which are very aggressive. I love the tread. I do too. But they're small. The, it, they look really small on the truck too. Um, it's, it, we need more tire, not, not just a, a larger tire, you know, like, I don't know, I'd, I'd love a 37 in there, that'd be awesome. Oh, jeez. I know, it's a little big. Um, but no, uh, but wider too, a wider patch would be awesome as well. But w we know what you're gonna say, well, that would affect your MPG, and you're absolutely right. However, it still looks a little bit on the uh, skinny side for us. Well, yeah, so the looks, we mentioned the looks, right? We love the look of the truck. Yeah. But also, if you look at the profile of the truck, it's one of the dislikes as well because of the tire. So exactly. it's just a proportional thing, right? Yeah. So it's not as proportional as it could be. Never mind that. I know it's difficult to put bigger tires from the factory because you have to retest, recrash test, you know, do all this stuff. There's a lot of stuff that we know that they have to do in order to do this. However, aftermarket, one of the first things people tend to buy tires and wheels for their, you know, new truck. And that's probably something that I would do as well. I'd probably put on a slightly more aggressive, slightly larger. Uh, tire on there. I'd probably go KO2s. What are they, 33s right now? Well, right now it's like a 32. Right. Um, the tire that's on the, from the factory. And we haven't changed it, by the yeah, way. Yeah, we, we haven't touched them right. other than rotating them. Right. But maybe so, 35s would be good. But, yeah. dude, but then you're starting to go into like rubbing issues, right? Do you need to modify the suspension? You know, if you're articulating. It's a little bit of modification. Uh, Chainsaw or jigsaw or no 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 not, not with a truck that cost over fifty grand. I'm not gonna take oh. a chainsaw to it. Well, I, I would if it if it I wasn't mean, my money. Sawzall. Uh, no, but okay. the, yeah, I, 
once you start going to a larger tire and you're serious about off-roading, obviously you have to you know work with the lift and everything you do adds weight, screws up the aerodynamics and screws up the MPG and we get that. But in terms of just aesthetics, we think that the tires look a little small on the truck. Yeah, so that's kind of a dislike there for sure. Then uh, interior and kind of the looks and sort of a design of the interior. It looks very four. 90s in some ways. It's not horrible, but there's a sea of black and if you look at what Ford is now doing with their new interiors, which is, they used to be last place in my book, and now Ford is, is up there. Uh, or Ram. Ram is one of the best in the business in terms of their interior design. Um, Chevrolet is way, way behind them in terms of quality and, and design. Yeah, and it's usable. I mean, don't get it's us wrong. It's completely usable, yes. Uh, it's usable, but, but the design, I would agree. Uh, especially this trail bus, it's not a GMC with kind of multicolor stuff. Right, the GMCs it's, do look it's, it's mostly all black, like you mm -hmm. said. Black on black on black. Not that, you know, it's usable, it's fine, it's functional, but you want to feel kind of a little bit more special, right? If you're going to drop 50 or 60 grand on a truck, I mean, it'd be nice to have a very nice looking interior, I think. Yeah, you want to be more special Why not, there. Right? I mean, I think they heard uh, us, and us, I mean community, because uh, the, rumor are, the rumors are for 2022, they're redesigning it. So Yeah, I'm hearing so. that a lot of the design that goes into the Suburban and Tahoe will find its way into the Sierra and the, um, you know, our vehicle as well, and the Silverado. The thing is, is that if they do that, then they'll suddenly leapfrog some of the other, you know, players out there. They'll definitely leapfrog Nissan and Toyota. Yeah, well, we'll have to see what the Tundra has in store. Yeah, later, so there anyway. will be a new Tundra, but that's a whole different uh, Number three, uh, gripe and hate. Uh, mm -hmm. Number three is a gas tank, fuel tank. Too small, too damn small. Uh, yes, it gets decent mileage, but man, we want more range, and we can get more range with a bigger tank. Yeah, and it's one of the smaller in the business. Yes. So the Silverado, most of them are have the same tank. It's a 24-gallon. So if you look at competition, you know, Ram has several tank options. Yes. Up to like 31. Uh, gallons or 33 gallons, yeah. I think, in some ways. Um, in some cases, uh, Ford does 36. Yes, they do. Toyota Tundra, 38. Mm -hmm. 24? Really? Why not 30, GM? Come on. So, what do you say? Uh, Mary yeah, Mara, if you're listening, 30 gallons. That's all I'm asking. Round number. Gallons. Round number. Round number. Easy enough. And we know you can do it. You're GM for crying out loud. So, and yeah. I think I know what some of the maybe engineers will say. Oh, it adds it weight, adds weight and, and, and it's efficient mileage. already, blah, Come blah, blah. But, but we, especially in Colorado, we drive long distance. So yes. we need more range. Think about driving back and forth to Moab, which for us means That's with this truck, two, yeah, and it means two stops in order because we don't want to buy gas in Moab, which is more expensive there. So the point is, is that um, it would be much better to have oh, an additional, say, five gallons, which would really help. But it also, just in terms of overall range, that would really help. So 30 gallons or more would be awesome. Number two on the list is uh, seat and kind of headrest, comfort. Just the seats. <laughs> the, the seats are not awesome. Uh, they're okay. Uh, they're usable. But um, I compare them directly to Ram because I've, I've gone inside the Trail Boss and then jumped right out and gone into a Ram Rebel back and forth several times with some of our filmings that we've done. And one of the things that Ram does so much better are comfortable seats, especially the headrests. The headrests are rock hard and, and just positioned weird and small too. 
Yeah, and I, you know, and you can only tell this on a, like a longer road trip, right? Yeah. Because, you know, maybe your leg is tired or something else, you know, you're kind of fidgeting in your seat. Um, so, yeah, I think they can improve their seats. And we actually heard from you guys, a lot of you guys also tell us that um, the seats are not comfortable for you guys. Yeah, uh, actually somebody wrote in and was talking about the actual, the, the bottom of the seat where your, your thigh support is and the lack thereof. Which we didn't really think about because we're all big guys and so it's like it's, you know, legs are always, you know, an issue, I guess, but we don't pay attention to it. But I actually sat in it and I was looking and, and indeed I could look down and it's like, oh, okay, this seat doesn't come out as far as some of the other ones. So I get you there as well. And let's move on to number one thing we don't like. Yes. Um, it's the rear end. The G80. Yeah, we're talking about the locker and we've talked about this for, at nauseum. Uh, to some and extent. rightfully so, but yeah. we should continue doing it. <laughs> So what is G80? So it's a mechanically engaging rear locking solution. Which works absolutely fine for everyday driving. Yes. So today it snowed in, in near Boulder. Mm-hmm. I drove um, in a Sierra with a G80. Yeah. Fine. Yep. I didn't, I wasn't sliding. I, I was driving on snowy conditions and icy conditions. The G80 helped me out, got me going. So once a wheel spins it'll lock in eventually and you will have both rear wheels locked up to move forward to spinning at the same spinning speed spinning at the same speed yeah. getting the same power down the problem is is the amount of spinning that's required in order for it to kick in and that is an issue off road yeah so what happens off road you want smoothness right mm-hmm. you want to crawl over an obstacle at a certain speed and maybe keep momentum right and maintain traction yeah maintain traction of course articulation plays into it mm-hmm. but then uh, what sometimes happens in the trail bus, you get one wheel in the air or something loose, you know, loose mm-hmm. traction. It starts to spin up and it actually may have to do one or two or three revolutions, maybe more sometimes. Maybe more. To, it takes for, a couple seconds sometimes. For, yeah, for the mechanical um, diff differential in the axle to actually lock up. Right. And here's where the problem lies. Let's say you're going uphill, and this has happened to me, and you lift a wheel, which happens especially in pickup trucks and you're trying to get the power down and you're kind of starting to slide backwards and you're waiting and waiting and waiting and finally the other wheel kicks in and it creates a real issue when you're really serious, you know, doing something that is perhaps a little dangerous. Yeah. And here's my biggest issue, Andre. I know for a fact that Eaton builds a locking rear diff that is used in the um, Chevrolet Colorado ZR2. Yeah, and, and you this flip the switch and it locks and it works. Selectable. Right. Yeah. Selectable. And it works great. And I know for a fact that they build an aftermarket system that can go into GM products. So my question is if GM is building these off-road trucks that they're labeling as off-road bosses, why the hell don't they have that? That would make them completely competitive with everybody else. They're one of the few, other than Toyota in the segment, that don't offer a selectable rear locker. Yeah, it's, I mean, we can spend another hour talking about this, but yes. we're not GM engineers, so... No, and I'm sure they give us some, some sort of, you and know... And we're not marketing of, folks No, GM we're not either. marketing. So, yeah, so there you have it. They've been using that rear end for years, and it's just perhaps... It's In a variety of trucks, midsize and heavy duty. Mm-hmm. So it's been a proven technology, but it could be better. It could be better. Uh, so let's start, uh, let's go to some of the questions and also value, right? Because we want to resell this truck and we want to see exactly maybe what it's worth. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be interesting. So uh, we got one question here. 
uh, about the eight speed. You know, we mentioned this before. Mm. Um, our producer and videographer and presenter, Alex, purchased an eight speed Silverado a few months ago. Mm -hmm. And it had a 5.3, so the same engine, Yep. but a different tranny. It was an 8-speed. Yeah, and that 8-speed has proven, not just from Alex, but some of you guys who have written into us, actually many people who have written into us. We got hundreds of comments, actually. Yeah, yes. that uh, people have had problems with the 8-speed. Yeah, and it was kind of, at first, kind of jerky shifting. Mm -hmm. Then just the truck almost became undrivable in some instances. So... Yeah. So Alex had to kind of move on and get rid of that truck, actually. Yeah, he, he lemon lobbed that truck and, and moved on to a Ram, actually. Yeah, so that's an issue. We don't know exactly. We reached out to GM. Obviously, GM's yeah. statement is that, you know, they, they look at all issues and they didn't have very, very specific comments on this point and that they are, of course, researching every issue uh, potentially with their trucks. I think our suggestion would be, Andre, just get the 10-speed. It's worth the investment. It's also more efficient. And... As far as we can tell, it's a lot more reliable. Yeah, from our experience and what we've heard. Yeah. Um, so 10-speed and GM, maybe it's time to just introduce 10-speed across the board. Kind of do what Ford's doing. Yeah, so Ford is going there. I, I think you can probably go there too. So, yeah. so that's that. Um, there was a question about cylinder deactivation, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, There's a new technology uh, coming into this truck. In 2019, they introduced the new dynamic fuel management system. It had many names. Skipfire technology was also a name that's used in the engineering right. kind of circles. Uh, it basically means that there's a clever algorithm. Instead of just shutting down half the cylinders always, mm -hmm. the same ones, it kind of rotates it. And depending on load or need or efficiency or whatever, it can actually skip firing certain cylinders. So you could be maybe firing two per cycle or three cylinders or five or whatever. Now this works really good on highways. Um, we've managed to, you can't really detect when it's happening if you're driving smoothly, uh, but there is a display that will show you when you are using cylinder deactivation. And it's been bulletproof as far as we know. Uh, it's been a very good system. Other people are starting to use it now, but uh, GM was actually pretty early on with the game when it came to cylinder deactivation. Yeah, so their previous generation of the truck had that older, it's called also referred to as AFM, active fuel management. Active, yeah. Um, and active fuel management, a lot of you guys, you know, wrote into us, maybe you had some issues with it, you know, spark plugs, wherever, you know, um, certain problems. They completely redesigned the system. It's a new system. Although the AFM system is still being sold, depending mm -hmm. on which uh, trim level you buy, right. uh, those AFM engines are still around. Um, they're not completely um, kind of been uh, moved on from. But we, driving this truck, first of all, the latest system, I, I cannot hear any differences between modes. I don't know actually when these, some of these modes are actually activating. Right. I, I, I don't even care. Yeah. You know, it was that transparent over the year that I forgot it had it, actually. So, yeah, really, it's just that little, there's like a little display that pops up. Well, not on, not, on this, not, not on this one. The oh, older system had the that. The older system did it. Yeah. So this one doesn't even do that, does no, it? No, and, and I think the reason why they didn't do that um, is because it's changing often. Uh, so it'd be like looking at, well, I don't know, sense. a counter, like... Two, four, six, five, right, seven, right, right. Eight, rather eight, than nine. doing the four thing that it pops up, in yeah. The, you know. So I think it's just overwhelming to look at that uh, an indicator like that. But also, what I wish they actually would bring back or bring is actually a gear indicator. 
I yeah, think that's Ford a, is one of the few that does this, yeah, and I wish that the General Motors would do it. Uh, and actually, Ram is going there. Thank on the God. latest trucks, yeah. Ram and Jeep, uh, FCA is putting a gear selector, your current gear displayed. Because sometimes it's useful to know in the mountains or, you know, well, just especially cruising. when you're doing more than five gears, you know, six, seven, eight, nine, in this case, ten. Yeah, it would be really nice to know what gear you're in. Yeah, so, so you can kind of tell, maybe you have to downshift on a downhill, mm -hmm. certain things. So, uh, anyway, so that's been seamless, uh, the cylinder deactivation. There's a question about visibility. So visibility is not great in this truck. So the trail bus we have does not have a 360-degree camera. No, it doesn't. Um, it has a really tall hood. Yeah, it's <laughs> actually square pretty nose. high. Yeah, very, very squared off. Yeah. So when you're going off-road, that's when you really notice it. Uh, when you're climbing a hill and you want to look kind of up and over the hood, and we're all fairly tall, and we still have a hard time seeing over the front of it. Now, yeah, it's a pickup truck. We know that. But now technology's come along where uh, a lot of the other trucks out there, including some other GM products, do have cameras where you can actually see obstacles that you wouldn't be able to see just trying to look over the hood. So it's a minor gripe. Yeah, and I mean, Roman drove the most miles off-road in this oh, truck from all of us because of, of no pavement needed, once mm -hmm. again, the series. So he, uh, he mentioned it because, and I, I totally agree. Mm -hmm. You know, there are certain uh, instances where you're cresting a hill, you really have zero visibility, you know, towards the front. So right. you have to remember and visualize <laughs> trying to predict. Where you're going and where you're going to go. Yeah, yeah. so you don't want to drive over off a cliff, obviously. So... That could be an issue. I think it could be um, fixed with some extra cameras. That's, that's my point. Yeah. And GM does that with other, other trucks. The Sierra it's, 84 has that. Exactly. Yes. Uh, next question was about four-wheel auto. This is four-wheel oh, drive yeah. automated mode. Now, not everybody does this, but this truck did come with it. And the automated mode, living in Colorado, is fantastic. I actually have the same mode on my old Nissan Pathfinder, which I still drive in the snow. And it's great because... You're not crabbing when you're turning. It works like kind of like an all-wheel drive system. It gives you power and traction where you need it. And it's been a great system. It, and, and even with that G80, it's worked great. Yeah, and I think it's kind of the next iteration where trucks are going, right? Yeah. They always had four-wheel drive transfer cases. Yeah, high, high and low. And high and low gearing um, for crawling, right? Yep. That's been around for decades. Right. But what hasn't been around is actually a smarter transfer case that's able to do this, right? Right. Where it's able to engage and disengage very quickly. Right, and that's on top of having its All regular... Stuff, yeah. yeah. Uh, on top of having the other benefits. So right. technology is just improving in this in this way uh, across many manufacturers. Actually. Right, right. Almost everybody's doing this or offers this. Except the Titan currently does not, and I believe maybe Tundra does not either. So, yeah, I'm not sure about the so, But the big three, the Ram, the Chevy, the GM, and the Ford offer this feature. And now GM is actually going to heavy-duty trucks and adding that feature to heavy-duty trucks, which is also very cool. It's very cool. Once again, it's it's not... It's a little different. It doesn't behave the same way as locking up you know, your transfer case. And it sends power when needed, which really does help with handling. Yeah. So that's a cool thing. And we love it. And never had an issue. No never failures. Issue. And actually, speaking of that, you know how some trucks like Tacomas like to be level before you go into four low or four high and yeah. shift? I, this trail bus is not that picky. No, you know, you can see. You know, you can shift into four low almost in any situation, or you know, when you're off road. So yeah, so it's pretty cool. Uh, we have to mention infotainment system. We talked about interior. 
but the actual system, they're in Futainment 3, yeah. uh, one of their latest systems. Um, it's fine. I think it's usable. Uh, we haven't had any glitches. You know, no freezing screens. Nothing like that. No screens of death. Right. Nothing like that. But our truck retailed for 55000 Mm-hmm. When we purchased, that was the sticker price. We got a discount. Yes, we'll we mention did. that in a second. But no nav, if no you navigation. Think for fifty-five grand, we'd have navigation. Yeah, right? what they have is OnStar Advisor, which oh, yeah. is uh, basically where you call the OnStar operator, and sometimes they pick up right away. Sometimes maybe you have to wait a little bit. You also have to pay for that service. Right now, I think some GM dealers and whatnot will give you like a year free or something like that. Oh, it's six months free. Or right, whatever. right, right. You yeah, have like a certain period of time, kind of like you know satellite radio and whatever. But the thing is with OnStar, I've only used it a few times, and I've used it at like a car events where they deliberately tell you, yeah, we want you to call OnStar and see how the system works, and it works just fine. But the thing is, is that if you have a telephone, in my mind, um, it works just as good. The one thing about OnStar that is a positive is the security system. It, it, it can be a positive thing, especially if someone steals your truck. Yeah, and you can also unlock and lock the right. truck using that service. So that system is still around. Um, it, the screen is small, right? It's it not, is small. It's not, by, by today's standards, I think that's why they're redesigning it in about a year. Yeah. Because everybody's going to 8 plus inch screens, 12 inch screens, who knows, maybe even more. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the, 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 the new battle is battle of the screens. And, <laughs> but, I mean, if you look at what Ford and, and specifically Ford and Ram are doing right now, and I think that Nissan maybe next year might do this as well, is they're going to 12-inch screens. They're going to massive screens as an option. And they're, the a level of customizable uh, apps and everything else that are in there is just extraordinary. When you look at the GM product that's available right now, not so much. Still... I'm a simple guy, and I don't mind having a very simple system, and that's exactly what the GM system is. Very simple. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, and usable. Yeah, very um, usable. There's a question about suspension, what we think about the suspension uh, of this truck. So just describing it, it's a simple kind of a block lift uh, from the factory. Yeah, with ranchos. Uh, and rancho shocks. So we're not talking about high-end King shocks or Fox shocks or mm-hmm. Bill Stein. Spe- special you know, reservoirs and everything else, or... You know, interior uh, custom, you know, valving, all this stuff. stuff. Right. So pretty simple Rancho shocks. Uh, But still, I think what GM engineers were able to do is actually tune the suspension in the proper way. Yeah. So it's actually a comfortable truck. It's a comfortable Um, truck and it tows well. It doesn't sag a lot. Yeah. And off road, the articulation's okay. Um, I mean, in terms of an all around truck that can do everything well, it doesn't necessarily excel in anything. And this is part of the suspension there. But it does everything in, in, in just a very competent way. Yeah, but this is their most full-size off-road capable truck. Yeah. This is the trail boss. Right. So as such, I think it should, have, it should do more. I mean, as, I, far oh, as, I'm not yeah. as far as off-road suspension oh, absolutely. capability. Well, and they have the technology. And we know for a fact, we know that they race these trucks and they test suspensions and everything else. Yeah, with DSSVs and fancy shocks exactly. and all this stuff. So it's all there. I think it's a question of GM waiting to see what happens with you know, the TRX and the new, next Raptor. But they're just taking they're, too bloody long to update these trucks and make them super off-roaders that we know they can build. Enough waiting, GM. Yeah, enough waiting. Don't, We're done. Don't, don't wait. Just get it. Get us the really cool uh, suspension. But, but, but to, to recap, I think that the suspension setup that's in there right now is very basic, but also quite good. 
Uh, finally, a couple more items, a couple more questions, and before we get to the value, yeah, and then close. Um, so bed. Uh, beds, I think GM is doing really well with. So first of all, they made the walls wider, so mm-hmm. they kind of pushed the interior walls of the bed further to the outside uh, fenders and right. bed sides. Uh, that's really good. Extra room. And it's not just for marketing terms. I've actually used many times putting a bag or extra thing in there, and it's actually very usable. Yeah. Um, also, lengthwise, they're one of the longer beds. You know, yeah, that's if you I was surprised when you were giving me the stats. Yeah, so for example, you know how most people say, I got a five and a half foot bed mm-hmm. or a six and a half foot bed. Well, GM gives you usually several more inches, like five and three quarter uh, bed, for example, for short beds and right. like six and three quarter um, in the longer bed option. So they give you lots of usable space. Right. So no gripes there. Also tie down points everywhere. Yep. Three per corner. So, yeah, this is a steel bed. Right, and it's uh, we have uh, a steel bed, no aluminum, no carbon. There's no carbon, no, no, none of that special stuff in there. It's a very simple bed. Yes, the other question is about exhaust. Um, this trail bus is equipped with a dual system, dual outlet. It's not a true dual system, right? Right, but in the back by the bumper, it's got kind of these cutouts in the bumper for two outlets for the Which exhaust. Which I honestly am not very fond of. I much prefer seeing the exhaust. But they're pre-squished. Yeah, they're they're kind of, rectangular. Yeah, which is great because we do squish exhaust at TFL. <laughs> but in this case, they, they, they've worked just fine. It's not a big deal one way or the other, but we would like, uh, uh, they sound okay. What do you think about the sound? I mean, on this system. Okay. Just okay. Yeah, uh, it sounds good at startup. It's a nice burble. Um, inside the cab, you can't really hear much. I like to hear the exhaust a little bit. I like. I would customize it. I know that General Motors does offer a, an exhaust package, mm-hmm. which will give you a little bit more oomph yes. sound. But I don't think anything that you do with it would really improve the performance per se. But um, the 5.3 is just not a real beefy sounding engine. So, you know, adding a little to it, I, I would do that personally. So finally, before we kind of close um, and um, get going. Uh, price. So, like I mentioned, so we, the sticker price was fifty-five thousand. Right. We got, I believe, um, about eight thousand dollars off uh, based on the deals that were available at the time of purchase. Right. So that was a really good deal. Um, and also, uh, we were working with Johnson Auto Plaza, and also trading in a Rebel. Right. So it's a little bit more complicated. You know, they were giving us the value it's for the like Rebel. It's not like we walked in with cash and slapped it. Down. Yeah, no. So it wasn't just a one single transaction. Uh, we were trading in the Rebel. They, we purchased the Trail Boss. So still, in the end, I think we paid about forty six, forty seven. Okay. Um, in that neighborhood for this truck, which I think is a better deal than fifty five. I think the fifty five thousand, it's a little high for for this. It's a truck. little high for a vehicle that doesn't have a ton of features. Uh, let's quickly talk about the basic features that it does have. So it has the 5.3, not the big 6.2. It has the 10-speed. Um, there are other options that we could have got, you know, had with the vehicle, right? Uh, so no sunroof. No sunroof. Uh, but th- it is an LT, which LT means leather, mm-hmm. and a few other things. It does have heated seats. Yes. And heated steering wheel, which is great in Colorado. The heated steering wheel um, is a plus. So it has a lot of options. I mean, you could probably push that value if you load it up, maybe to sixty grand. Yeah, that's, that's exactly. Um, it. Maybe a little bit more with a big V8. Mm-hmm. Um, but the we did get a deal. Yes, but, we got but listen deal. to this, dude. I just went to KBB because we still use KBB uh, for values, mm-hmm. uh, private resale, and also trade-in. Right, dude. For trade-in, so a dealership trade-in, 
The value is $40,700. Okay. Almost 41 grand. Mm -hmm. I was already pleasantly surprised. That's not bad. Um, and then private party average, based on our mileage and options and certain things, mm -hmm. uh, 44,600. That's really good. I mean, that's a very small loss. Not just the, well, look at it this way. If, if we got the vehicle at $55,000, that means that it would be roughly around nine or $10,000 loss over one year. Yeah. That's not horrible. I mean, obviously there are other vehicles that will do, that'll perform better over one year, but because of the discount that we got with the vehicle, which a lot of you guys can get discounts out there, I think that that's a really good price. Yeah, and it's, uh, wow. So if we paid like 46 and a half, and if we could get 44 and a half, that's almost, almost no loss. I mean, as far as a brand new truck is concerned, but I think it's a testament, first of all, how popular the full-size trucks are. Yeah. How popular GM trucks are and also how popular four-wheel drive vehicles in general are right now. Right, this thing sits in a special category, and I definitely think that right now with COVID and everything else that's going on, people are interested in used trucks, and that's why the value is so strong. So the question is, um, it goes on TFL bids yeah. basically in about a week. Mm -hmm. So the question is, what will the market say? <laughs> so it's up to you guys. So go to tflbids.com, check it out. We have other vehicles for sale there. Yes, we do. Um, and Jeeps and Rams and Dodges and Saab. Well, Saab went away. Oh, <laughs> Tommy good. sold his Saab. Oh, uh, yeah. So so we have that, and uh, the trail bus will be there. And I think uh, because it's been a pretty solid truck, it should bring good value. Well, it's a worthwhile truck to buy, and you know honestly. It's one of those things where that truck has changed my opinion about an awful lot of stuff with General Motors. I was never a fan of that 5.3. I've completely changed my tune. Um, after one year of driving that thing, it's been fantastic. Well, there you have it, guys. And of course, uh, we have many, many other episodes here at yes. uh, TFL Talking Trucks, wherever podcasts are distributed. Um, and of course, TFL Talk YouTube channel is where you'll see us on talking shows. Have a great 2021, guys. Take care and be careful out there. Thank you. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.